Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. So I'm going to open up um, a series called the Dilemma Series, and I want to just do a little bit of a background on why we're doing um, the Dilemma Series. And um, deep within Mark and I's heart, we want to build strong and robust Christians. We want you to be strong and we want you to be robust so that we can be busy saving the world because our time and our attention, we, we believe, needs to be turned with the church outward, looking into our community and looking um, to see the plans and the purposes of God fulfilled in our city, which is to see everyone encounter the authentic presence of God. So inside of you and inside of this church, no matter how big it gets, we want our people to be robust, to be stable, to be unshakable in their faith. And we know because we've been around a while that the experience of God is not enough to make you unshakable. The experience of His presence is not enough to make you stable through anything. You have to have a personal relationship with God. You have to have the Word deep in your heart. You have to have a prayer life. These things are what make unshakable and stable Christians. It's what makes us stand firm. And so we're passionate about creating people who can stand firm for God. And we, that passion is joined with the great patriarchs and the great um, men and women who have come before us. And a lot of the New Testament is geared towards making us stand firm in our faith. And this series, we're talking about dilemmas, things that come into our world that cause us to make decisions. And if we're not sure of who God is, we're not sure of His Word, and we don't have a relationship with Him, these dilemmas can see us exit the kingdom of God. And we don't want anyone losing the faith in this place. We want everyone going on um, in relationship and in faith from here till eternity. Amen. Amen. This is John, the greatest book of the Bible, but it's the most beaten in my Bible. (laughs) So we want to build strong, robust Christians. A dilemma is a situation in which a difficult choice has to be made between two or more decisions. And this is often the way believers live because we're, we're living in a countercultural world. God has called us to live in the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of this world. But we are to stay and to remain as citizens of heaven in this world. So it means that we are living in the kingdom and living by a set of ethics, a set of morals and a different code of conduct than the world, which puts us in a position where we're going to have to make decisions about what we believe in the kingdom we should be doing and what the world thinks we should be doing. And this can cause us to get shaky. Situations come along, like we said this morning. You only have to be a Christian for five or ten years to realize things are never going to be smooth sailing. Things are up around the corner we never saw coming. 
Relationship difficulties seem to pop up out of nowhere, although we know it's never overnight. But I love what Pastor Mark says. It's always a slow fade between black and white. And it's that grayness in there. So we know that this is happening. We know that we're called to live in a kingdom that is not of this world. We know we're called to live by morals and ethics that are different to the world. They're countercultural. We know we're citizens of heaven positioned in a world that's under the kingdom of this air, under the prince of this air, the enemy. And we're called to stand firm, to stand robust, to be unshakable. And so, you know, we're going to talk about some of the dilemmas over this month that um, we are facing as a society, we're facing as a community, and we're just facing on the globe today. But I want you to know this, none of them are new. None of these are new to us. None of these are new to the believer None of these are new. They have been going on since chapter 3 in Genesis. So we don't want you to be surprised about some of these topics. And and in fact, we're not so interested in in the dilemma topics as we are interested in you gaining an um, an understanding and a relationship with God that is so deeply personal that you can navigate these dilemmas and speak truth into people's life. And I hope as we go over these topics that I hope they are not new to you because you've been reading about them in your word. And I hope as we encourage you and we empower you um, in how to make these decisions, it's not going to be new to you because you're reading your word and because you've got a uh, um, relationship with the Holy Spirit. The best thing Mark and I can do is continue to push you into a place where you feel convicted about your relationship with Jesus. Because each of us are accountable for our own personal actions. Where each of us are accountable for our own judgments that we have. When we stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus, and he reads to us the record of our life, he's not going to refer to your husband or your father or your mother or your pastor. He's just going to be referring to you and your relationship with him. And so it is, it is the best thing that we can do is to be a little heavy on you to remind you the importance and the significance of reading your word, of having a prayer life and having a personal relationship with Jesus. And we don't mind how it looks. We don't mind when you do it, how you do it. We just mind that you do it. And um, we can give you tips and we can give you tricks along the way to get you started But we want this to be a personal reflection of who you are and how you encounter and engage with God. So read your word. Keep reading your word. Hopefully, as we talk um, this month, it's going to actually um, stimulate curiosity in your mind to know what God says, what his word says about topical issues we're facing today. And I'd love to give a big shout out to Kylie Black down the back, who is 
speaking out right now about a very topical issue in our nation. She's speaking about euthanasia and she's bringing a kingdom value. She's bringing a counter-cultural view of, um, you, you know, of all of that. And we're so proud of you and we're so grateful of, for that courage in your spirit to, um, to just not grow weary and to not be beaten down by all the obstacles that you face, but to continue to be a shining light. And from us to you, um, we really admire the way you're doing it. You're so wonderful. Like her on Facebook. Um, and, you know, she's probably actually the one in the room with the most important phone numbers. She could probably ring Parliament any time. I know she used to have Bill English's private cell phone number. And um, she's doing a really great job. We're so proud of you, Kylie. Thank you for what you're doing. Underneath all of these dilemmas are two things that Mark and I want you to know. First and foremost, we believe and we believe God has called us to lead this church in a way that loves no matter what. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. Love everyone that walks through the doors and love them through what they're facing. That is our responsibility and we believe God has called us to be accountable to that. So you'll find that underneath every um, sticky situation, every sticky um, question resides this love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and love others as I have loved you. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Amen. So, excuse me, that is to sit under there. Love, love, love. And out of everything, we would always choose the pathway of love, the pathway of love, the pathway of love. Amen. And we want our church to reflect that. But it's messy. Love doesn't have black and white. Love doesn't have a one size fits all. Love doesn't have a this situation can be put in this box and given this prescription. Love is so deeply personal and so deeply engaged in our circumstances. So a dilemma is a gray area. It could be an area where you know in your, your head and your heart the truth, but your emotions tell you something different. So you can know the word, you can be engaging in a um, relationship with the word, but then all of a sudden your emotions become like this powerful force that want to have a say and want to be in charge. And really your emotions scream this, pacify me. Numb me. This is out of control. We have to do something to get a handle on this. And what we want to teach you throughout this um, series is how to let your emotions sit under truth, not to be dictated to, um, not to allow us to be dictated to by our emotions, but letting the Word of God and our relationship with Christ be that which our emotions sit under. Amen? Because I think a lot of believers get into all sorts of situations where we live out of our emotions primarily, or we speak out of our emotions primarily. It says that out of your mouth flow the issues of life. And when your emotions sit under the truth of who God is, it helps you to navigate what the real issue is. And we believe as we've been talking about this series, all dilemmas essentially probably can trace their way back to love and identity, to humans needing love and needing to know 
who we are. And from what we can see around the world and what we can see throughout the word as we look back over it, there is an assault and there is an assignment to try to disconnect us from true love and our true identity. And the enemy has invented all sorts of ways to do that. And although they don't change the context of how he has that assault or how he has that assignment against a generation changes because of the culture of the day. But the same thing is against us. He is trying to break our connection with the Father of love and break our identity. And if he can break God's love, that unconditional love flowing into our heart, and he can break down the identity of who we are, we just fall like a puddle of mess on the ground. We were created and designed to be loved. And I'm a really strong believer that um, Genesis is something we need to know and understand who we are and how we were created and why we were created. And I think for me personally that the study of Genesis reveals so much of who we are, of who God is, and of our identity and and our origins. We were made by God in his image to be loved. God is love. Love is not his nature. It is not his character. It is who he is. And because he is love, we experience love in his nature and we experience love in his character. And the assault of the enemy is that he wants to trade with us real love for counterfeit love. He wants us to live in love that is not truth, love that is a lie. He wants us to live for love instead of from love. We were created and designed to live from love, not for love. God has everything we need to be completely healed, whole, and full of goodness. And as we allow Him and His unconditional love to rest in our heart, We won't live for love and seek out counterfeit. We've got to learn to discern. And this is part of discipleship, is learning to discern when you come into the kingdom. What is counterfeit and what is true? What is God wanting to strip away from your life that is not real and true and authentic love so that he can replace his unconditional love for it? And the series that we've been through is, um, you know, forgiveness is one of those things that when we come into the kingdom, he wants to teach us how to forgive others so that place of unforgiveness can be filled with his unconditional love. Unconditional love. And for a lot of us, this is a journey. For all of us, this is a journey. You come into the kingdom and you start to experience God's love And he just slowly starts to turn the light on in different places of your life where you're um, living off counterfeit love. And he, he turns the light on so that you can see it. He can take you through a healing process so that you can live out of unconditional love. Jesus is the source. And that's what Genesis very clearly says. We were created to be in relationship with Him, and relationship with Him is love. Jesus is the source, and He should be the only source. 
but we need to be looking at our lives. Where is the source of love coming from? (laughs) Is it counterfeit or is it true? We need to plug back into the source. The way you plug back into the source of love is to spend time in your Word and relationship with Him. You need to receive His love. And I find sometimes when we, we can, we can go on that journey, reconnect into the source of love, but then we don't know how to maintain that source. So we receive unconditional love. We feel awesome. Things feel good for a while. But then we, we don't know how to maintain that source in our life. And if we don't maintain God as the source, we'll allow other things to come in to be the source. And so it's all, and this is happening to us all the time. All the time, we're flicking into marriage. Shall I get my love? Shall I get it? that be my source? Shall my work be my source? Should my children be my source? Should my success be my source? Whatever it is, you've got to realize that this is not always an act of choice because you were, we were made and designed to live from love. So it's like... Um, it's taking care of yourself and not being hard when you f- hard on yourself when you flick into another source of love, but coming back and re-anchoring yourself out of counterfeit love back into true unconditional love. He is the source and we need to maintain it. We maintain it through the Word, through prayer and through relationship. And you'll just live a really average Christian life if you're not doing these things. You'll have salvation, you'll go into eternity, but you won't be living full of love. And when you live not full of love, you make silly decisions. We all do. We all want and need to be filled with love. And when we take responsibility for our own lives in this and our own relationship, We can create a grid to talk to other people. Now, the love dilemma, people looking for love, is a huge dilemma in our high schools. It's becoming a huge dilemma in our primary schools. It's becoming a huge dilemma all through life. And we're seeing all sorts of things arise out of this need for love (laughs) that we need to have an answer for. We need to have an answer for things like gender dysphoria. We need to have an answer for what we believe about same-sex relationships. These are not scary things. They're not bad things. They're not things that we need to sit in judgment over. They're things that we need to understand the heart of God on. And we need to understand that in every human being is a desire to be loved. And if they're not getting it solely from God, we're wired to get it anywhere we can. Some of these big issues in churches where passionate need to be talked about because we want to create a church that's okay talking about these topics and these dilemmas. And I know for many of us, we face some of these things in our families. We face them in our children. We face them in our workplace. So it is so important that we know and we understand who God is, who His Word says, and how He calls us to interact and engage with these things in society. And Mark and I, we're not, 
here to, um, you know, the, the truth is, is that we just want you to find a conversation with God about these in your own personal life. We're not going to tell you what to think. We're not going to tell you how to act. But we're going to tell you what the Word of God demonstrates to us about the nature of who God is. And we're really believing from that place as we discuss a whole lot of dilemmas that not only are you going to uncover more of who God is, but more of who God is will flow through you to people around you. I know it's just a very quick dive in this morning. Read Corinthians, First and Second Corinthians. There's a lot in these books. You know, the new early church, when they were emerging, were facing all the issues that we're facing today. Read it in context. Don't read it in the eyes of the law. Study about what was happening in the new formulating church as the Greeks got saved and came in and brought with them all sorts of ways of life and how Paul was beginning to disciple them in truth and in love and why he keeps reminding us that love is the greatest thing. This here has got everything we need. We just got to get it in here. Amen? Why don't you, we're just going to end the service, so I'm going to pray for us. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.